Wesley did pretty good, didn't he? I want to just share a little testimony here with this video. When I asked him, I asked him a couple months ago to do something for the church because he was doing something for Dreamers Ranch, like a promo video for some events we have coming up. And he, he kind of said, well, Dad, there's, there's not really anything that I could do right now for the church. I mean, there's nothing like, you know, this kind of thing. And then a couple months went by, and this prayer thing happened, and I said, man, I, someone needs to communicate this. The beginning, what it's doing to our community and our hearts and some regional mobilization piece. And so Wesley said, yes. He said, okay, I think this will work because he's, he's pretty picky. He's a purist artist. And so he did all these interviews and I didn't give him any feedback except I, I just would like these three segments. But of course, you're the expert. Do whatever's in your heart. And he called me back after about 120 hours of work and said, Dad, I think you're going to be really happy with this work. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, I've just spent hours and hours. Now, he's gone through all of the footage from when it started because we have all that footage on hard drives. And he's, he's combed through all of that, and he said, Dad... I've spent hours, hours just weeping. He said, this is strong. And he said, basically, I would edit until I started crying, and then I'd know it was good. <laughs> so I was like, man, this is incredible. And it's, it's spoken to his heart, and it's rekindled his heart and his affections. He said... I love the, the genuine struggle that people have with God until God faithfully breaks through their hearts and attitudes and brings them into freedom and joy. And he's like, that does so much more to me and speaks to my heart more than seeing someone like jump up and down and run around. And so anyway, that's kind of the testimony went that went beyond this. I just want to, I don't know, just wrap this up with just a few reflections because there's so much that came that I was even going to share in Deb's word and in Joe's word and then in Wesley's incredible just preaching right there. That is to the work of his hand. That's his expression out of his heart to God. You know, and in this God... God is so good that he would take initiative and break into our lives that we thought were so wonderful. He loves us. He really does. He loves us and he continues to love us and be faithful to reach into our hearts and say, you know, there's more for you. I see a lot more for you. Our attitudes, our pride, our blind spots, our self-centeredness. You know, and I want to encourage you that God is answering prayers that you don't even realize he's up to answering in your life. Like, we don't see what we don't see. Does that make sense? And like, God is actually working all things for good in your behalf right now. 
As you're there praying prayers, he's already spun into action a mission plan to see those things come to pass. Like this is a powerful time. Relationships. You know, a lot of the words that Deb and Joe shared, it's about, it's about struggling through the process. Like, man, I remember I was a youth pastor for 12 years. I was submitted to a man with everything. And I remember times when I would just be in tears in the mop closet because he told me no to something God spoke to me about. You know, he said, Sean, I'm going to release a great harvest through you for the neighborhood. So I started taking my lunch breaks because I wasn't allowed to do it during paid time. And I started witnessing to people. And God... My leader spoke to me and said, no, you won't do that. I don't care if it's during your lunch or whatever. I forbid you to talk to anyone in this neighborhood. So what do you think I should do? Well, I'm out of here. I'm doing what I want. No, I didn't do that because I understand God's ways. You know what I did? I went to my God in that mop closet and cried my brains out and said, God, you spoke to me this promise. You know what? My leader is standing in the way of that promise. And you know what? You know where he sleeps. You're his God. You're bigger than he is. Father, go after him. And I can't tell you how many times I decide to stand for what's right and do the right thing in honoring and submission. And it was like a week later, he'd come and say, well, you know, listen, whatever, you can go do this. Whatever, you could do that. But it's every time I went to his God and I prayed. And I'm telling you, he's trying to bring us into a place where we can do that as the church, where we can go to God with our grievances and we can believe him to do impossible things. And that's part of what this this whole prayer thing is, the cultivating of that kind of trust, that kind of surrender. That kind of putting him first place. It's in everything. It's in our resolution of conflicts that you have going on in your life. Test, 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 test. Okay. It's in circumstances, you know, where you have a terrible circumstance. It's awful, truly. But you have this faith that comes out of your heart and you say, no, these are just circumstances, but I know the God who can supersede any circumstance. And you begin to put your faith out there as a son and a daughter of God and say, Lord, break it open, Lord, break it open, Lord, break it open, Lord. And you walk in the certainty that it is changed. You walk saying, I know God, I just have to walk this thing out, but he is on the move and he's doing things. I don't see it right now, but it is coming. You know, prodigals, I'm sure you have loved ones, your children, your friends that you've been praying for. Do you believe God's big enough to do the impossible things in their hearts? And that's the... The tragic thing is much of the church doesn't believe that because they haven't spent the time in his presence to behold his greatness. 
And that's what he's trying to do now. He's trying to pull us into a place where we recognize how great God is. And when we do church, the hells, the the gates of hell cannot prevail against the powerful prayers of sons and daughters of God. Come on, rise up in your faith. Rise up, folks. You know, dreams, I, I believe that God is going to win prodigals. I believe we're coming to a season where there is such a need for the church to be ready because there's going to be people who have turned away from the Lord and church and God's going to speak to them in their dreams and start to bring them back into the household of faith. Will you be ready to receive them with pure agape, Jesus-like love? Or will you greet them with humanism and coldness? like they can find anywhere in the world. This final point I want to leave you with is that, you know, in all that God is doing, He wants to involve you in the process. And this is where I think, you know, as you saw the video and you saw the testimonies of people who who felt like, you know, any kind of human work was contaminating this pure, spontaneous outpouring of God. But what I want to leave you with is that in everything God does, his whole plan and framework is to involve you in the process. Why else would he call humans into his great exploits, right? We're a mess. And so he calls us in and says, I'm going to involve them so they can learn about me. They could see my mercy. They could see my patience. They can see my love. They can see me working through them and showing them that I am mighty through their lives and can do impossible things because I'm involved. You look all through this thing and listen to this. This is, this is so much what was shared previously. But 1 Corinthians 1.28, listen to the scripture in light of today. God shows what the world considers ordinary to be nothing. No, sorry, let me start over. I messed it up already. See, that's human beings. We just can't get it right, can't we? 1 Corinthians 1.28, God shows what the world considers ordinary And what it despises, he chooses this. What it considers to be nothing in order to destroy what it considers to be something. God chooses what it despises. Why can't I get this right? See, you asked me to say it again so I had to mess up again. To prove my point, God shows what the world considers ordinary and what it despises, what it considers to be nothing, in order to destroy what it considers to be something. You get this? God chooses those things that are of no esteemed value so he can destroy the things that people see as valuable, you know, power, Great intellect, wisdom, strength. As a result, it continues, no one can bring, as a result, no one can brag in God's presence. So no one can 
boast in all their wonderful workings. Now this, this line alone proves that God is constantly requiring our full participation and effort, our work, the work of our hands, because there's a temptation to brag that it was you who did it. You see that? If you weren't involved and everything was like, oh well, God, God will do what he wants to do, you would have no right or any temptation to brag that it was your effort because he's called us into partnership where we're giving 100% and he is giving 100% and it comes out to like a million percent. It's called synergy. And then listen to this. This is such a cool scripture, 1 Corinthians 1.28. You are partners with Jesus Christ because of God. Jesus has become our wisdom sent from God, our approval, our holiness, and our ransom for sin. <laughs> ah, Jesus has become ransom for our sin. Romans 8, 17, now if you are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Have you ever thought, like, why does God involve us in casting out demons and breaking power of darkness over other people's lives? It, all, it, it goes all the way into that, like casting out demonic strongholds. He's chosen for us to walk with him and do it, to see his power go through our lives to minister to people. And you know, much of time, anyone who's a shepherd, just raise your hand if you have helped shepherd people through difficult situations. Have you ever wondered, like, why do I have to go through all this difficult, long, lengthy process? Because he wants you to see and understand that whole thing so you can give him more glory. I love Steve's message with the wiggle room. It's like the struggle is where you see the glory of God being released. You know, entering promise. Have you ever thought about that? Bringing people into greater promise. Receiving the harvest. We're, we're told in Scripture that the fields are already white to harvest. They're ready to go. The harvest is sitting, ready to be just wanted to the kingdom. And he says, but pray for the labors. We need labors to go in. Folks, that's us. We are this, we're, we're commanded to be the center of God's prayer because we're not where we're supposed to be. We're not in the place of these incredible laborers in the harvest. We don't even know how to win the harvest that's already wiped. The wheat fields, the souls are all ready to be reaped. And the Lord's saying, pray for these laborers because they don't even understand how to bring them in. This is why we desperately need God and his intervention. And so my challenge to you today is to rise up and partner with God. Prayer is the initial place for this. Where you begin to just say, here I am, Lord. I'm giving myself. I'm making myself available. Would you use me right now to pray what you want to pray? To release 
petitions for what you want to release petitions for, to take your word and let it resound, to declare it and proclaim it, to publicly read the word, as Paul told Timothy. Be like Adam and start taking authority over creation. Start to use your energy of your life to steward the earth. This is like what Dreamers Ranch is all about. Regenerating soil, regenerating lives. Or how about be like Noah? These are all people who partnered with God. And declare salvation from judgment. It's what he did. He went and preached from the housetop. Be saved from this corruption that's going to hit the earth. And he built this ark and said, come, come, flee the corruption. Be like Moses, who led people into promises of God, into life that was overflowing with prosperity. That was a God-ordained charge thing, right? Everyone knows God sent Moses to bring his people into the promised land. How did that look? Think about that, the details of that. And next time when you're like, I thought God spoke to me to do this. This is hard. Uh, Moses learned that quite a bit. He tried to quit a few times. This is real, guys. Real. You know, I want you to realize, like, Moses didn't say, like, oh, this must not be God. I'm having to work too hard for this. Like, Lord, what is this all about? Like, I'm having to do this and do that and this and... Because it's partnership. It's 100% us, 100% God. Rolling up our sleeves, doing it, acknowledging, Lord, the work that I'm about to express is not enough to make this happen. I need you. And then we lay our work and labor on the altar expecting it to be a sacrifice before God. How about Joseph? This is an incredible one for businessmen in here. Listen to me. Endure hardship, trusting God and making a way for the survival of others. Even a nation. And I'm telling you in this season, I have not forgotten about this phase of wealth in this land, wealth, souls thing that we are in. But this thing of of preparation of our hearts and centrality of Christ in our lives. That's why I haven't mentioned one thing about this new building that is in process of being planned and developed. It doesn't have a place right now. But I am believing that God is going to provide a a mass of wealth to fund the expansion of his kingdom on this earth. And that's why you want to see trust? It's me shutting my mouth about any of that vision right now because it's about Jesus Christ and what he wants to do. If the church has, has him at the center, all things will follow from that. So businessmen, endure hardship, trusting God that you will be one that will receive wealth 
because God wants you to fund what he is about to do on this earth. And I am not talking about just a building. I'm talking about a deluge of souls and harvest that's going to sweep the earth. You know, be like the disciples in in the New Testament who were a living sacrifice. They were a tool to bring deliverance. Entering warfare and breaking demonic oppression. Listen, that was not super fun. They did signs and wonders. They saw demonic principalities and powers broken. They confronted sorcerers and looked him at the eye and said, shut your mouth, you wicked one. You're going to be blinded from now on. And they walked away and people came to Jesus as a result because they were trying to keep a ruler from becoming a Christian. That's not fun, all that challenging stuff. And I guarantee they are just like us today where we're like, I can't say that. If I say that, what if it's not God? You know? Like I'm going to tell him he's blind and then I'm going to look like an idiot. Who cares about us? What about just stepping out and believing God and trying to be obedient to him? At any cost, you don't care about your reputation or what you might look like. What about all those times when the demons were like, I'm telling you, deliverance is messy. Helping people get set free. You weren't set free in a night. You prayed a prayer that opened your your destiny up into eternal life because you received that work of the cross. But I, I know no one in here, including me, has ever had this transformation where in one night you just became a superstar in Jesus. No, you went through your stubborn times, your resistance, your lying, your, your self-deceiving times, and you're like, I believe in Jesus, right? Everyone in here, right? You know what the process of God is like. God's invited us today. He's invited us to join in his partnership. And that doesn't mean you don't work. You do everything you can. But he is so great. He is so powerful. And he's working your behalf. His loving nature is seen because he broke into our existence. And I think we had a pretty good existence. I mean, in comparison to many places, we love the word. People serve. People are generous. They give. We've had prayer burns like all the time. I had someone ask me the other day, what's this on the calendar? Because it was, it was this Airbnb guest I was telling about what the Lord was doing and everything. And they were like, oh, we got to come to the church. We live in Derry. <laughs> I don't know. And so he already had the website up and he goes, what's his prayer burn thing? Because his heart is lit for prayer. He, when I told him what was going on, he's like, oh my gosh, I got to go come to this church because I grew up in a church where the doors were open 24-7 and you could go in any time and pray. He said, you mean I could go down in the middle of the night at your church and go in to the church? And I'm like, oh yeah, not only that, it won't be empty. <laughs> I said, someone will be releasing prayers to heaven and reading the holy word of the Lord. <laughs> He's like, oh my gosh. Even if I don't like the place, that sells me right there. I want a church that I grew up in where I can walk in any time of the day. 
Jesus. Come on, folks. Will you rise up and partner with God? Partner with God. Roll up your sleeves. Make him central. Oh, Lord. We want to surrender according to all you spoke in Deb's word. We want to respond to all the exhortation that came from Joe this morning, Lord. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing that was just so masterfully shared and expressed and presented by Wesley. Father, we say again, like four months later, we want to accommodate you. We want to make a place for you to do whatever you want to do in our hearts. And I pray for each person here, Lord God, that you would extend a special mercy and grace, a special ability, pour out an anesthesia to be able to just throw themselves on your altar and say, here I am, Lord, send me. Use me. I surrender to you my pride. I surrender to you my fear. I surrender to you my love for comfort. Lord, thank you for invading my life. (laughs) I don't like it, but I am thankful for it. I lay my heart down and I surrender, Lord. And Lord, even though I don't like it, I want you. I I choose you because you're so good. You're so great. I know it's just my flesh and my, my human frame that doesn't like things that are uncomfortable. But Lord, you're so worth it. You are worthy. Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy of it all. we say come do this work in our hearts do a fresh work Lord God we choose you we choose you this day we choose the living God today we choose to follow you we choose to obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus Lord we say would you do a fresh work in our hearts And would you do a fresh work in our families, Lord God? Would you do something that we can't do? Mobilize and stir affection and hunger and desire. Move, Lord. Move, Lord. Will you do a fresh work in our church, Lord God? Lord, raise this place up as a testimony of your goodness, of your greatness. Raise this place up that people would come and wonder to see the transformed lives in this living family of families. Let your word, Lord, come alive. Let it testify of the reality of who you are and your goodness and your greatness, your great love for all humans. 
come on. If, if you have a prompting in your heart, I just want you to come up here and stand as a partner of God. I really believe he wants to know. He just wants you to make a declaration, a stand. Just come and respond to him. And let's just, let's just receive from him. Let's just answer the call. Whatever that call looks like. Whatever he's speaking to your heart. He is your God. Just come. Just come and say, Lord, here I am. Send me. It's this acknowledgement of, Lord, I'm here and I want to surrender to you. I want to give you everything. I want just a fresh start here to, to start fresh on my attitudes, my emotions, my pride, my self-centeredness. I want you to become central. I want to give my life. I want to be 100% as much as possibly possible to be that living sacrifice that people would look at me and see 100% you, Christ, your cross, your sacrifice of great love for humanity. Let them see that cross in my heart, in my life. Let the authenticity of heaven come over my life in a more powerful way, Lord. I'm done with, like, not quite enough. We want more, like we'll cried in worship. We want more, Lord. We want more. We want the authenticity of heaven to drench our lives, our attitudes, our emotions, our actions, our hungers, our appetites, our affections.